Spoiler alert. You're listening to the Comics Online Podcast. Season 14. Episode 11. We are back. Recorded May 13th, 2014. This episode, Kevin ends our four-month hiatus and records an in-person podcast near Washington, D.C. and introduces new personalities Patrick Michael Strange, Troy David Phillips, Mark Lutz, and Megan Lair. Topics include Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier, Amazing Spider-Man 2, comics, and everything geek pop culture. Welcome to the Comics Online Podcast, Season 14, Episode 11. I'm your host, Kevin Goswan, and with me today are an entirely new group of people. By the way, folks, we're recording this uh, Tuesday, May 12th. Is it today the 12th? 13th. May 13th, 2014, and which means it has been four months since the last time we have uh, we, we've had a, a, the biggest hiatus we've ever had. Um, and being as though we've passed May 8th, um, uh, we are at six years of sorry. Um, folks, listeners, if this is the first time you've listened to the Comics Online podcast. You're welcome. Uh, hopefully we're going to be less sorry uh, going forward. Uh, a whole new cast of, of characters. Today, uh, these are the folks from Flashback Comics that I'm, I'm, I'm here with in uh, Woodbridge, Virginia, uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. And uh, first, we have... Patrick Michael Strange, a.k.a. the Brown Avenger. I didn't get a lot of press because there was too many other minorities on the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger show. So um, I am the Brown Ranger, and my Zord is the Mighty Lichon. <laughs> also with us, the, uh, the, the, the co-host of Flashback, we have... Uh, Troy David Phillips, store manager at Flashback Comics here in Woodbridge, Virginia. Uh, I am an Avenger. I'm pretty sure that's true, and the uh, the the, uh, the mighty steady-handed uh, cameraman for Flashback we have. Uh, my name is Mark, and uh, I'm the cameraman, stuntman, uh, general ball of awesome that beats Patrick at everything. Because he has one testicle. Apparently, that's a thing here. Uh, we're recording this from what, what's this restaurant called? The Bungalow Ale House. Also, we have uh, the the birthday girl. We have Megan. Oh, hi! I'm Megan Lair. I'm the webmaster for Flashback Comics and Games.com. And we have the, the 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 mystery person in the corner who will not say anything. She's she's busy. She's too busy for this. She can't be bothered. Anyhow, four months, folks. Uh, we lost Dune. Uh, Marianne and Bill's uh, schedule has been super busy. They've uh, they've been all over the country, and so uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch base with them as soon as we're able. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we've got a lot going on uh, tonight. We did uh, flashback comics uh, weekly thing, and uh, definitely check them out at uh, YouTube.com/slash/flashbackcomics or Facebook.com/slash/flashbackcomics. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Water. And and we're gonna have uh, hopefully uh, get to get a little more comics in on all of this. So uh, here we are. Um, 
we've 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 just uh, in in the interim of of four months, we've seen a lot go on, right? Um, and we've got a lot coming up. Uh, we've seen Captain America. We've seen uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man too. And I kind of want to do a, a mini roundup of those and 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 what uh, what you guys uh, thought of those additions to the uh, the the superhero movie. Um, Definitely. World. In the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series and stuff that was going on. Absolutely. All right, so uh, I guess touch upon Winter Soldier. Um, I dug it. I thought they did a great job. Um, we got to see uh, Bucky now take on the Winter Soldier part that we, you know, we were wondering if they were going to do it. They gave it to us, and I thought it really changed the game as far as the Marvel film cinematic universe is concerned. Um, I actually worked on the film because um, they did a lot of exterior shoots here. Um, that whole Hail Hydra scene that Sitwell whispers into uh, uh, Gary Shandling's uh, Senator Stern... I, I can't recall the Senator's Shandling's character's name, but um, I knew that because um, I got to see the sides um, on set because I was uh, actually in the running to stand in for uh, Maximiliano Hernandez, who played um, Agent Sitwell. Um, my friend Joey got the role uh, as stand-in, and we saw the sides, and I was like, oh, my God, he didn't, he's not a comics guy. Um, so when he let me see the sides, oh, my gosh, they say Hail Hydra. Um, I wanted to yell it out to everyone, go online and tell everybody, but Marvel would have uh, sued my ass and Disney would have owned it. So I uh, couldn't do that, but um, I think Winter Soldier changed the game as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe is concerned. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to take it from this point on. So, uh, regarding Sitwell, yes. did did it bother you at all that, uh, that Sitwell turned, it, it turned uh, into a bad guy? Um, no, I think it needed to happen, you know, uh, to, to have this whole thing where you never know who to trust. Um, since he was an established character, it's not like they created some all of a sudden and then killed him off. You know, use somebody that they kind of established already. If they would have done it with Coulson, I would have pissed. Or any of the other kind of established people. Sit well, I, I was good with it, and uh, you know, I thought, you know, hey, he's, take him out, and they kind of got the motion rolling. Well, realistically, you know, think about it this way: like, like Sitwell, you know, he's in the comics, right? Yeah. You know, he's he's but a long, totally different than. He's yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very. Troy can speak on that. Yeah. Very different in the comics. Well, yeah. Uh, Jasper Sitwell, when he appeared in Tales of Suspense and in the Iron Man series, and uh, Nick Fury and his Agents of Shield, you know, where he was a white guy, blonde, glasses. <clears throat> But he was also one of the characters that led the inner conspiracy uh, back in the 1980s. It was the miniseries Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. And we saw an inner corruption with S.H.I.E.L.D., the Deltide Affair, uh, the, the life model decoys going out of control. And we saw that there was a, a cabal, if you will, behind S.H.I.E.L.D. at that time. It included Obadiah Stane, among other people. So a lot was going on. Um, and this would eventually lead back into the classic. Shield versus Hydra, but Sitwell was the guy that went wrong there as well. So. I didn't recall that. Oh well, uh, you'll have to go back and reread that. The uh, 19, uh, 1988, 1989, six-issue miniseries. Nick yeah, I, Shield. I remember reading it, but the, you know, I, I don't think I've gone back to it since. Oh, the you know, they crashed the helicarrier, and the whole organization fell apart. And ultimately, it ends with the you know Nick bringing Shield down, and the and the organization just being wiped away. Uh, that leads into the Nick Fury 
agent and his agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Fury builds a team that is basically himself and five other characters, and that's S.H.I.E.L.D., something that Nick can control every aspect of. Because the organization was too big for him before, he couldn't possibly watch everything and know every agent and be involved in everything, and that corruption came in when his attention was distracted. I'm curious because, uh, I'm sorry, I just want to chime in this and utilize Troy's knowledge of this since they did follow that framework from that for the cinematic universe. Who, who made up that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Was it some known characters? Dum Dum Dugan? Uh, no, actually, uh, a lot of the old Howlers, uh, the characters like Eric Kenig and uh, Gabe Jones and Dum Dum Dugan, kind of got moved aside, uh, moved out of the, the focus. They tried to, I think, eliminate the ex-Howling Commandos uh, so that Nick was the last holdover. You know, he had the Infinity Serum, but nobody else did. Uh, it was Nick and uh, Valentina, uh, the, the Countess. And then uh, there was a new female character brought in. Her name was Kate. I'm, uh, her last name's eluding me right now. She was a sleeper agent that was activated, and Nick brought her in. She briefly was the romantic interest, actually, uh, because Val and Nick were on the outs with each other. Uh, they had uh, Alexander Pierce. Uh, Robert Redford played a version of Alexander Pierce, but uh, Pierce had been the CIA liaison in the comic series, and Nick brought him into the fold. Also, uh, he brought in another character, another sleeper agent that Nick had to train himself. Sort of took that posture of, well, if I can't trust anyone in the organization, I have to grab somebody that's kind of nascent and young and build up what I want out of them. So wasn't Pierce the guy that uh, that was the uh, the pain in the ass in the 90s X-Factor? Uh, 90s X-Factor. Was he like the liaison when it was when it was uh, like Polaris and Madrox taking over? Uh, no, I, I think that was a different character actually, um, because they had they kept Pierce pretty much in the Shield series. And then the organization got bigger. <clears throat> I remember uh, actually, oh my God, I, I'm spacing on her name right now, uh, the blonde Val Cooper, who uh, had been, I guess, working with uh, Peter Gyrick and uh, Sikorsky, uh, the other characters that were you know, sort of watchdogging the Avengers, if you will. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of that going on. You know, a lot of that sort of the government is the enemy, the government conspiracy is everything. Uh, so, you know, if there was a superhero when the government was involved, then uh, somehow the government was the bad guy. Um, I got tired of that as a subplot, actually. Oh, hey, look at that. Oh, hey, look. Hey, our food's here, so we're gonna we're gonna hit a little pause and uh, come back. But uh, in the meantime, you can imagine that I'm uh, enjoying my Sculpin uh, IPA from, of course, uh, San Diego's own Ballast Point, and I'm I'm recording a podcast. That's why I didn't touch it yet. That's all right. Thank you. But isn't she a lovely young woman? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, your 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 your, your favorite uh, after recording uh, spot. Spot. Uh, yes. Every is. week. Yes, it is. All right, uh, we'll be back. All right, we're back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so, Patrick, how was your food? It was good, man. Come out to Bungalow Alehouse. Ask for Amanda. She's awesome, and she's sexy. All right. <laughs> and, and and Troy. 
Troy is still eating. We uh, in in the interim, we we spoke a little bit about uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, yes. uh, as well as uh, a little bit of uh, the uh, a little bit of creator-owned stuff. Yeah, the comics, some legions of superheroes. You know our opinions on kind of like how it came from there to now, how stories were and uh, the crossover market that Marvel tried to do. I think a little bit the specialized editions with the the Micronauts, the Marvel fanfare, and what were some of the other Go, going into g- going into a, a, a direct market yeah. from a previously uh, standard uh, newsstand newsstand market. Um, but anyhow, yeah, we've we've had uh, so so you know we talked a little bit about Winter Soldier. I personally loved it. Uh, check out uh, on Comics Online. We got uh, a nice review from Aaron Hatch. Um, I think he gave it five uh, five out of five. Um, however, uh, also Aaron Hatch, one of Comics Online's uh, most revered writers, um, didn't quite uh, love Amazing Spider-Man two quite so often. Only gave it a three out of five, which uh, on our little rubric uh i believe the term is great um but it's or maybe it's good i don't remember but uh you know certainly not as as thrilled um he pointed out some uh inconsistencies that i had glossed past uh but glossed past with you know in my uh fanboy glee um what were your thoughts patrick um Actually, as you were breaking that all down, and I'm trying to think about it, to me, of the Spider-Man films that we've been presented thus far, I think it's the closest to the Spider-Man comic of the Spider-Man films thus far, for me, personally. Um, I think three out of five is a fair assessment, although I think I would probably say it's a four um, for myself. I would say four myself. Yeah. Um, I think it was handled well. I think I, I wanted more development of Goblin, um, and uh, I think Electro was very cliche, but I think it all fit. It was balanced, and uh, while I wanted just, I, I think my biggest issue is I wanted just a little bit more development. I think, again, they crammed a lot of characters into one film, as they always do with sequels, uh, with superhero films, but um, I think this rises above some of the other sequels by comparison. So, as it turns out, apparently uh, Patrick and I were were trying to see the same uh, same screening of. uh, Hi, Amanda. Hola. That's Amanda, our waitress, and and she was nice enough to to bring cupcakes for for Megan's birthday. That that that's how often these people come into this this restaurant. Webmistress. Webmistress. Oh, I'm the, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Apparently, I'm the webmistress, not webmaster. There you go. Boy, you could be a master, but you're a girl, so you'd be a mistress. Okay, but that could be taken a few ways. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean it in the classic and respectful way. She's the mistress of the comic store. Wait, <laughs> mistress of the cup? No, that doesn't work either. Never mind. Yeah. Um, she does web stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she does graphic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she is an expert in technical affairs. <gasps> Anyhow. Yeah, let's just keep on going with that one. Uh, oh. Yeah. This wouldn't be the Comics Online podcast if it wasn't for some pervy bullshit going on in the I'm middle of it. your cakes, Megan. And now Patrick's <laughs> gonna taste her cakes. Her blue cakes? That's no good. <laughs> okay. Listeners, don't Google blue waffle right now. 
Don't do it. That's the most disgusting crab ever. Please, just and don't Google blue waffle. What Patrick's actually doing is eating a blue Smurf. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cupcake with really bright blue icing that will stain Patrick's teeth. Um, anyway, so what the hell was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So I, I was thinking, <laughs> I, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I've played a lot of Spider-Man video games, and I really love the web swinging in this, and I really love the, the fast-paced action, um, the quick quips. I loved the, uh, the, the, the Peter and Gwen interaction. Yes. And did you, did you notice the, uh, the little Easter egg um, upon, you know, spoilers, this is a Comics Online po- uh, podcast after all. We're all about the spoilers. If you haven't seen it already, uh, we're sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, spoilers. When Gwen dies, shocking Gwen Stacy, she's pretty much doomed from the start. Um, uh, what, what time did the clock say when Gwen died? Oh, you know, actually, I wasn't looking at the clock. <clears throat> I didn't see it either. Give it to me, Kevin. Uh, Gwen Stacy dies in Amazing Spider-Man number? 121. And, and that's what the clock says. Yeah. Yeah. It spins, right? She's falling, and there's a web around her, and it's spinning the clock. The web is spinning the clock, and, the, and, and then it stops, and it, go, and it gongs, and it's wham. Bravo. Wow. Yeah. So I have to go back and see this film again just for that particular moment. Yeah. I, was, I love that Easter egg, and... and I always, I for some reason, I, that's something that I'll key in on. But, you know, it's one of those, you know, it's not like, a, you know, uh, Chekhov's gun or anything like that. But I figure if somebody's going to go and show me a clock face, I want to know what it means by, for whatever that clock is. It's particularly if it's moving and stops at a certain time. That's funny you mentioned that because I was just reading online some hidden Easter eggs that were throughout some of the cinematic comic movie universes thus far that we've been given. So that's a good one. Yeah, I was really happy to catch that one. And then, you know, I, the, those, are the, those are the things that are thrilling to me as a fan. Um, you know, obviously I want, the, you know, I don't want, I want a great story. And I, I feel like we were given um, a good story. I mean, maybe it needed a little more polishing. Maybe it needed more time or less time or m- more villains or less villains. Yeah. It was two and a half something hours. It was long. It was a, twenty-one minutes. Yeah. Yeah, two two twenty-one. So that's a seriously long. It didn't feel like it though. I I thought it was well paced in the action. I, I, I was happy with it. I, I like the action. I, I felt like it was... I played a lot of uh, uh, Spider-Man video games over the years, and uh, I, I felt like... Uh, rules. I'm a big fan of Spider-Man. Ah, Beanax rule, does rule. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Josh, Josh Keaton. He's a good, good friend of the show. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so if you rem- remember uh, the, the one where he's uh, Ultimate Spider-Man and, he, and, and uh, jumping around outdoors at night, Somewhere and Shattered Dimensions. Shattered Dimensions, right? Yeah. Th- this this version kind of reminded me. Oh, he's fighting Electro, and here he is fighting Electro in a similar sort of uh, of a situation. Particularly, I loved, and, and I know my my daughter will love uh, when she finally sees this thing. It's it's uh, what do you call it, like dubstep. Uh, uh, itsy bitsy spider, and she loves both Spider-Man and itsy bitsy spider. <laughs> The the ringtone, that was awesome. The whole uh, old school theme song. That was classic. From uh, from the uh, what is it? The Gant Ray Productions, I think. Yeah, yeah. Limited animation. 
combination, but still, you know, kind of catchy, kitschy stories. Uh, you know, it, my, I, I, I am loving the fact that my first Spider-Man cartoon was the first Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so beyond that, do you, any, anybody, any, uh, any other comments about? Uh, do you guys, do you guys have any input on uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man too? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this a little bit quickly. One, I, I enjoyed the film. From beginning to end, I pretty much enjoyed the film. Uh, I especially enjoyed Peter's interactions with Gwen Stacy, Peter's interactions with his Aunt May. I like making Aunt May younger, you know, making her a working step-parent, as opposed to the classic interpretation of Aunt May, where she's the older, retired character. It gives her that ability to interact with Peter and give him those awkward growing-up moments, you know, filling in for his mom because his mom is gone. Um, I always, once Parker's parents were introduced, you know, God bless you, once we actually did meet Richard and Mary Parker in flashbacks, I kind of wondered why Aunt May and Uncle Ben were so much older than their contemporary brother and sister. Uh, so I, I like this version. Much more like the ultimate Spider-Man. Like uh, Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, enjoy trouble. <laughs> that's, a, that's a limited series. For those of you who are Spider Spider-Man purists, you should probably ki keep it because it might freak you out a bit. But there was a, a limited series from uh, and the Dotsons, Terry and Rachel Dotson. They yeah. were the, the artists on it. And I photo covers. Uh, oh yeah, and they did photo covers on it. Yeah. But there was also alternates that the Dotsons did. But they did the full pencil work throughout the interiors. Yeah, yeah. But Millar, yeah, story about how Mary and Richard and then uh, and May and Ben. And ben were young couples and how they fall in love and the little hijinks they got into, i.e. the trouble for the title. And how uh, Aunt May might not necessarily be his aunt exactly. in, 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 that, in, in, in that continuity, which may or may not be actual 616 continuity. And how frisky she was. <laughs> yeah, no, kid, no kidding. Uh, yeah, that's no good. So, oh, and, and one other thing that I that I love about this this current uh, franchise, the Sony franchise of um, uh, Spider-Man cinematic universe, if you will, is that uh, you know I've always identified uh, strongly with with uh, Peter Parker myself. Now we have uh, you know who plays uh, May Parker now. Um, you know we've got Sally Field. Sally Field is my mom. I mean, she's not literally my mom, but my mom, you know, she always reminds me of my mom. Yeah. Which is like, oh, all right. Well, that's a fine. I'm I'm in. <laughs> you know, I, I'm convinced. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked, uh, especially, you know, Aunt May's, you know, sort of just bitter tirade about being the underappreciated step-parent and Peter having to back up and say, wait, 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 I love you and everything you do, but I need to know where I come from. I need to know my parents. Yeah. And I don't. I don't have, you know, I'm trying to, you know, learn my origins, learn my roots. But it's not because I don't love you and it's not because I don't appreciate you. That resonates, you know, with me as a parent and, you know, as well as being a fan. Completely different, you know, things just sort of converging there. So the heartfelt moments, Peter's interactions with his supporting cast, those hit big for me even in some ways more than the action sequences. Uh, I did enjoy the brief evolution of uh, Max Dillon as Electro, and we did get something very different from the classic Stan Lee, Steve Ditko Electro. 
but we did get a man who you know feels small and overlooked who's you know had his work perhaps stolen from him in some corporate finagling. I mean you know he designed a power grid that he's not being given credit for it's it's these moments of being underappreciated well when you suddenly have the ability to strike back against your oppressor what you know what do you do what kind of person do you become and max suddenly overwhelmed with power becomes the villain electro you know that that worked for me and i didn't need to spend any more time with it because truthfully it was a better development than the 1963 development of the character you know green costume yellow starfish on the face you know max is an electrical lineman who gets electrocuted and in the process of being electrocuted develops superpowers and oh i'll become a supervillain you know, these stories were very rushed in their original comic format. So even if you could say they are rushed in the film, they're better explored than they were in their shorter comic sequences You know, in the classic heyday. Not to take anything away from Lee's and Ditko's work, I read those stories and I love them and I still love them today. But if I had to critique them harshly, I could say there's not a lot of full-on development. And I could go on at that for length, but I won't. Um, in terms of, you know, again, the Spider-Man movie itself, like the action sequences, uh, the presentation of the Rhino, I'm pretty much right where Patrick was, you know, on the introduction of the the armor costume Rhino. Like, yeah. And you know what? That does look like something that a company would design for the military. It has guns. It has missiles. Well, guess what? Oscorp is partially a defense contracting company, not unlike Stark Industries at one point. So if you're making something for the military, then you're probably going to weaponize it. Makes sense. It does. Uh, you know, and I, I, I totally agree with the development of both of those characters. Obviously, you know, Paul Giamatti, as you, as you guys were saying earlier, probably not necessary to get, you know, such a such a name actor for that tiny part. It was still fun to see him. Uh, and I, I would hope that I see Paul Giamatti in an expanded role. You know, he was very underutilized here. But maybe that's just a stepping stone to the next step. And let's not forget, comic-wise, <clears throat> first we're introduced to six individual villains, and then we get the Sinister Six. Well, let's take those steps. You know, much like with the Avenger movies, you know, first we're introduced to Iron Man, and then the Incredible Hulk, and then Thor, and then Captain America, and then the characters together with Hawkeye and the Widow in the Avengers. That's what the Sinister Six is. So we've had a Goblin, we've had Electro, we've had a Rhino, and if we keep building at this rate, one of these movies is... We've had a Lizard. Well, that's true. So, yeah, we could add the lizard in. Classically not a member of the six, but, you know, what the heck, we'll count him anyway. And we're going to get six villains that way. And that's how we will tell a Spider-Man story where he fights a Sinister Six. So maybe a uh, maybe an octopus, maybe uh, what Shocker, Mysterio. Who else do we have in the six? Mysterio, Vulture, Vulture uh, Octopus, Craven the Hunter. All oh, right, Craven the Hunter. 
Um, but did y'all have the Spider-Man app that they were kind of pressing to have when he watched the end credits? Um, one of the big things that was online is, is when uh, the Alicia Key song comes on. Uh, it's on again. People get pissed off when you take out take out your phone. I did not do that. Exactly. And I was blown away by that as well, that they promoted this. That if you download the Spider-Man Sony app, if you have that... Play, uh, have that on when the Alicia Keys songs comes on. You get a bonus end credit scene, <laughs> but it's really not a bonus end credit. It's basically um, they actually flashed it during part of already the kind of mid credits sequence. There is a, a green holographic uh, different pieces of the uh, Oscorp stuff. You saw, and it was basically a nod to where they're going to go with the Sinister Six. You saw the 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 jacket of Craven. So Craven has sort of been who they're going to be the six. You see the Craven front chest piece. You see the octopus arms. You saw the vulture wings. Um, and we saw those during the d- during the movie. During the walkthrough. Yeah, during the movie, we, we, we saw the vulture wings. We, we saw the octopus arms. Yeah, you saw the Not with people. Yes, but not with people. Um, and then there was like, there's one of the six that hasn't totally been identified, and it's being rumored online. Look this all up on, on the Internet. And they're not saying whether it's going to be, it was a circular thing. There's, it's the, the, the rumor is it's Mysterio, or it's, um, as set up in the film, the Felicia comment, the uh, black hat. So, I, I, I was I was trying to remember, and the sixth one hit me. It's Doctor Octopus, yeah. Craven the Hunter, yeah. Mysterio, the Vulture. Uh, uh, the one that was eluding me a minute ago was Sandman. Oh, obviously, yeah. And Electro is the six. So, yeah, the Sandman completely slipped my mind because uh, you know the uh, the Spider-Man three, the Tobey Maguire franchise, the Sandman was explored there. Yeah. And that was actually, you know, if, if that, that film had just been about Sandman, I think I would have enjoyed it. Yes, I'd agree. Uh, you know, and, and, and with this one, we, you know, I, I, I really did not love the, uh, the, the, the Green Goblin at all. I just thought it was, I, I mean, the, I wasn't feeling the character. Yeah. I wasn't feeling the character. I mean, it was, I mean, it was fine, but I just did, I, I don't think it was well done. Yeah, underdeveloped. Um, but I'm glad we at least don't have a mask. We get the face. We got a little bit of mutated person there. Yeah. And I'm okay with the actor, although, you know, I would have liked a little bit more development, you know, for that guy. Yeah. So uh so we've got uh we we've got those couple of movies. We we talked about about uh Agents of Shield a little bit. Uh any other shows you guys are uh, are into? If we can spin it back to the Shield real quick. Yeah. Agents of Shield. Um right now as we're filming this the we the finale just happened for season 1. Um going back to last week's episode real quick. Um I'm digging the fact that um I forgot the name of the agent. So uh, I'm just going to go by his race, the black agent, how he is the son of a Howling Commando and how he brought out his grandfather Howling, uh, Howling Commando's uh, suitcase of old gadgets. How awesome was that? It was. It was. Uh, Trip, I think. Is that his? Okay. I, 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 if, yeah. if I remember it, I got so many names but jumbling in my brain right now. But yeah, like that. The laser beam. Yes, yes. Because it's on fire. It was just classic. Yeah, so I, I and I, I, I'm kind of happy that he's he's joining and hope he sti- sticks oh, around. Exactly. Now you know I was I was hoping that uh, uh, August Rich, uh, Richards was going to stay around, but uh, you know if you know if he's going to be the you know bad guy Deathlock, then okay, whatever. I, it's a little little disappointing, but you know if if uh, this new trip is going to stay, stay around. 
hopefully to uh, replace our, our friend. Who I can't stand. So you yeah, Kill oh, and that's what I wanted to say earlier. You know, you're talking about, oh, well, you know, they, you know, they had to offset. Well, yeah. uh, you know, as the bad guy, I was like, oh, why not just Ward instead? He's irritating. I'm, uh, I, I'd be interested in developing Deathlock further in a separate series, maybe like Peggy, Peggy Carter, maybe a short duration series. Um, I feel like there's a lot we could explore with Deathlock, but I don't know. Well, either, yeah, either one. Uh, I feel like the Luther Manning, Luther Manning would be a very interesting way to explore a dystopian future. Maybe some science fiction cautionary, maybe perhaps some satiric, some satirical elements, some social commentary that you know give us a look as we move into the future and we you know sort of look at the dehumanizing aspects, uh, the the building and at the same time deconstruction of our communications and the way we interact with each other. Deathlock could explore a lot of that if it's the future incarnation the Luther Manning. On the other hand the Michael Collins gives us more of that dark side of the quote unquote military industrial complex. I'm not one to subscribe to real life conspiracy theories but I like the conspiracies when they're overlaid into fiction and Michael Collins definitely hammers a lot of that fictional conspiracy elements. Um, we could explore either of these and rather, you know, it rather fully, but I don't know that it would need to go on indefinitely. In any event, neither one of these two shows is going to have the kind of, you know, mega million dollar budget that a feature film would. So a Luther Manning Deathlock would demand a lot of special effects. A Michael Collins Deathlock action sequence would involve blowing up a lot of things. Television budgets just can't sustain that, and I understand this. Yeah, oh, and, and by the way, you, you know what sort of budgets can sustain that sort of thing? Uh, recently, uh, Marvel via Shout Factory came out with uh, with a, their latest uh, motion comic, which was, uh, what was it, uh, Wolverine, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Too yeah, Many Deathlocks, whatever the hell it was? No, 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 the more recent one. Oh, it might not be out yet. Okay. It might be out today? I'm confused. What? Yes, please. I would love a vanilla creme brulee. <laughs> okay. All right. Amazing Amanda. Come out to Bungalow Ale House. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Ask for Amanda. They'll know who you mean. Hey, there might be three. I'm I'm confused still. <laughs> but uh, what the hell was I just talking about? Crimble Lake. Oh, before that. Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield, the motion comic. Motion comic. Oh yeah, the motion comic. Oh, and it, yeah, check out uh, check out Comics Online yeah. for the uh, the latest. Uh, we we got we got a review on on that. Um, I, like I say, I'm not sure if it came out yet. We got it really early. Shout Factory is awesome to us. Thank you very much, Shout Factory. Um, but uh, that one was kind of fun. Did you guys read that? Limit? It was, it's you know just a, a, an animated limited uh, version of the limited series. I, I think it was a limited series, or was it a Wolverine? Uh, I, I'd need to see it to know to identify the story. It's Wolverine with a bazillion Deathlocks. Oh, and also Cap is in it. Enemy of the state. Enemy of the state. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, that was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a story arc within Wolverine's yes. regular series at the time. And he was an and yeah. yeah, and then we came. Yeah, and they sent him after. Yeah, because it seems like didn't Enemy of the State when didn't that eventually that that was succeeded by uh, Old Man Logan? No. Or I don't work in the army stuff now. Well, no, no. I mean, I mean, in terms of story arc that no. followed story Logan arc. Because yeah. there, there's. That's Logan more recent than that. 
No, no, no. Old Man Logan was the name of the series, yeah. but that's. Okay. Uh, now I have to. I got a question though. Since we're talking about some of the newer release DVD animated stuff, yeah. although that's a motion comic. Okay. Batman: Son of Batman that came out last week. I picked it up, but I haven't watched it yet. Have y'all seen it in your thoughts? Based off of the Kubert Son of the Batman graphic novel. Our friends at uh, Warner Brothers. Our friends at Warner Brothers uh, have hooked us up. Uh, um, my my good friend Matt Sernacker has done that review, uh, and I just want to give give him a little shout out also to uh, Gary uh, over there uh, doing PR for um, uh, for Warner Brothers. Um, they, he's he always takes very good care of us. But uh, yeah, for more information, check that out because I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Gary sent it to my old address. I'm oh oh by the way, listeners. I'm moving here to D.C. Comics Online, at least me, you know, uh, the, your, our fearless leader is moving to D.C. right now. The, the Northern Virginia area. It's not D.C. property. Whatever. The, the national capital region. The region. What? They have badges for that. Badges for the national capital region? Yes, they do. What sort of badges? They're called national capital region badges. <laughs> the NCR. Yes. Anyway. Whatever. This is the greater metropolitan area that is centered on. DC, Maryland, Virginia. We call it the DMV. Yeah, we're here at the DMV because you wait in lines all fucking day. That's called our traffic. Oh, I. You know what? I thought <laughs> San Diegans uh, driving north on the 15 uh, in the evenings. If you live in Escondido, yeah, that's rough, right? You're 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 in traffic for a long time. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, traffic to and from downtown in uh, you know going going up or down the 95, 4, 395, 495, anything that has a 95, it's fucked for about three hours twice per day. On, it's sometimes longer, like the summertime, you're fucked. Morning and night, all day. Weekends, don't leave your house. There's no point. <laughs> I, I found that weekends are not that terrible. Not yet. Not yet. It's when the school year ends and then everybody's gone every weekend, going north or south, going to the beaches or going home. Or you weren't here years ago when the idiot tried to jump off the Woodrow Wilson Bridge and backed up traffic in 20 miles in both directions. All that happened in San Diego recently. That was a funny story. I mean, tragic. <laughs> Not sure which. I think they pulled him off the bridge. I don't think he did. I don't even remember. I was caught in that. Oh, man. I was trying to get to Dave's house. Shout out to Dave, too. And shout out to everybody. And Dune and Giovanni. And uh, fuck you, Lax, dude. Eat my dick. Um, and everybody else at Comics Online. 9.7%. I don't know what the percentage really is on Sculpin, but I love Sculpin. Um, yes, what you were saying. And, and if you know people trying to jump off the Woodrow Wilson's not bad enough, it's Troy David's personal favorite, tourists on the Metro. Yeah. What, what do tourists do wrong on the Metro besides slow everything up? I mean, you know, like they're very slow going through the, the damn turnstiles. They can't figure shit out, but what else? Well, you see, I used to have to commute. Uh, in, on Metro, going downtown in the morning. And for the people who are commuting to work, 
I don't see any reason for tourists to be out sightseeing. Nothing good is open yet. Let the rest of us get to work first. Between the hours of 6 a.m. and 9 a.m., stay home in your hotels. You've come to the area. You're, you're on vacation. You're relaxing. The rest of us have to make a living. So uh, hang out. Have the uh, have the, the complimentary continental breakfast. Read the newspaper. Watch the news. Listen to a podcast on your iPod. And then, after we've gotten to work, feel free to choke the metro up. <laughs> I'm gonna say I concur. As a uh, you know previously a traveler here, I you know I got to uh, have a good time staying at the old uh, uh, Embassy Suites across from the King Street Metro Station, and and there were a lot of tourists there all the time, and they would ruin us for business, uh, ruin things for business travelers, get in the way, go you know just painfully slow because they don't give a fuck. They just show up, and they're you know they're wearing their shorts and slippers. I'm in my suit and tie trying to get shit done because I got to get, you know, I got to get downtown. I got to get my food. I'm just, you know, I don't have time to, to you know, to get the deluxe, uh, you know, made to order. I got to go and go to the hot plate because these assholes are clogging everything up. Well, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, they haven't used the metro before, some of them. So they put the ticket in, but they don't realize it's coming out the other side. Maybe you're used to the Chicago transit system. Maybe you're used to the New York transit system, which are very different from D.C. I think ours are cleaner, actually. But besides for that, really, I understand it's a little intimidating. It's a little daunting. So maybe don't do this during a.m. and p.m. rush hour. Yeah. That's good, good, good advice for sure. No one's gonna come to the DC area now after we've just blasted it. <laughs> well, it's just rough during a couple of times. You know, sleep. You know, sleep in. Be on vacation. Sleep in. You know. You know. Wake up. Uh, wake up at eight. Have a leisurely breakfast. And you. You know. You saunter on down to the metro about 9:30 or 10. You're fine. Nobody's gonna worry about it. Um, you know. And then stay out. You know. Stay out until the evening. You know. Until the evening. And you're also fine. Just don't go during rush hour because it's stupid and you're in the way. I'm with you, brother. Yeah, so uh, anyway, I was going into it. So what you guys, you know, I haven't got a chance to talk to you about other stuff. Now, by the way, comics-wise, I'm going to skip comics pretty much entirely this week and direct you to uh, Flashback um, and their, their, their latest picks. These guys... You know, Comics Online, back in the day, we always did top five picks every week, right? Kept it short and sweet. Flashback has got about top five for each finger on their hand. (laughs) We've been bad. They're they're crazy uh, with with picking picking everything, and uh, you know, whatever. That's you know, they wanna they wanna. We used to keep it to five, but, but really? yeah, but just recently, there's just been so much glut of new books and th- things. Series are rolling out, and uh, it's been hard for me to pick. And there's some jumping on points for you. Uh, I've recently got back to you know buying weekly comics again, and I blame these bastards. <laughs> uh, but uh, well, I mean, I, I gotta say for myself. I, as, as I'm still a personal collector, I mean, I'm one of those people who works in the retail aspect of comics, but has not lost his love for them. So I read and collect about 118 titles a month. Uh, there, there's a lot of comic that comes. Every 118 books, he reads them all. Yeah. It's crazy. 
and keep them. They go into bags and boards. They get alphabetized. They get put in the collection. And then I also do back issues. You know, I, I'm, I'm building a collection. You know, anyone who knows me, you know, I'm building a collection of Avengers. I'm building a collection of Captain America. And on and on. Um, but I, I love it. I love reading them. I love, you know, absorbing the stories, retaining the stories, talking to other people. I lo- absolutely. I had one of the most wonderful comic conversations in my life talking with Chris Claremont at uh, a Philly Wizard World a few years ago. You mean Chris Claremont, that guy who, who ruined the return of Nightcrawler to comics? Uh, no, no, that, that, was his, uh, that was a parallel universe Chris Claremont. Yeah, Nightcrawler number one, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a big Nightcrawler fan like me... Uh, you just just be prepared. Just steal yourself against some schlocky ass shit. This is Claremont at his cheesiest. The the dialogue is painful. There's some cute moments. Don't get me wrong. And it's wonderful to have Nightcrawler back in the Marvel universe. But cheesy. And Troy has more. Well, I was just going to say, I didn't find the dialogue to be that painful. I've certainly read a lot worse. But, yes, I'm happy to have Nightcrawler back. And, yes, there were touching moments. I'm glad you could admit that. And we can agree on those things. Um, what's really important here, what the positive takeaway is, is Nightcrawler is back in the Marvel Universe. But not just a happy, hey, Nightcrawler's back from heaven. Uh, there's actually a dark side to Nightcrawler being back. There, There's a consequence here. And I think we're going to feel that as time goes goes on. Claremont loves to add tragedy and pathos as he builds a story arc. So uh, you know, let's 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 let this develop. Let's see where it goes. I'm willing. I, I'm willing to uh, to watch it. But I'm just you know with the fact that comics are fucking four dollars now. <laughs> oh my god, so yeah. painful. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Two ninety nine and four ninety nine are yeah. basically the range of prices nowadays. So painful. It killed me as a kid. Yeah, no kidding. Back back in my day, comics were 60 cents, and then 65 cents, and then 75 cents, and that was a tragedy. When I was a kid, comics were 20 cents, but my allowance was, such as it was, was a little more commiserate to that. So uh, the 20-cent comic, the 25-cent comic, hey, you know, your dad gave you a dollar, you could get a candy bar, a can of soda, and a couple of comics, and you were done. It was it. You're out of money. Or maybe you got a pack of baseball cards and a comic and a candy bar and a soda, and you were done. So now comics are, you know, three ninety nine. but your dad gives you 20 bucks, so you could still get a soda and a candy bar and a comic and a pack of baseball cards. Troy... Troy, my dad doesn't give me any money because he's dead. <laughs> he died the same week as Captain America, Troy. Thanks for, thanks for rubbing, r- rubbing salt in my wounds. Was, was your father shot in a massive uh, shield conspiracy? Crossbones killed my father, and crossbones, crossbones gave my father cancer. <laughs> f- fucking crossbones, you piece of shit. Um. No, but seriously, died the same week as Captain America. It was a little rough on me. Uh, I, I, so, can, like, in all seriousness, can you not read that comic? No, no, I mean, I can read the comic, but, you know, I'm a big Captain America fan, and I was a big fan of my father as well. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I like Captain America better, but, I, you know. <laughs> but I loved my father more, you see. It's, you know, it's one of those sort of things. But, uh... 
they're they're each admirable in their own way. But uh, yeah, I can I can still read that. Uh, um, where were we going with all of this? Doesn't this really matter? Not really. I'm trying to figure out right there. Oh, see, yeah, comics. This is comics online. We just kind of talk until we run out of steam, and then back up a little and say, "Oh yeah, what about this?" So uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm reading 118 comics a month. Yeah, and you're That's a lot. You're, and you're back to getting weeklies. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I honestly, I, I can't imagine not doing this. I mean, you know, the reason I do what I do is because I love the industry and the art form and the medium and, yes, the product. I love to read the stories and then talk about the stories. And that's how we got onto Chris Claremont, incidentally, was met Chris Claremont at a Wizard World and talked about stories that he had written. What was strange to me, and people tell me that I'm unusual in this regard, I remembered certain Chris Claremont stories better than he remembered them. And when he looked at me, and he, he was amused, I mean, he was genuinely amused, and he said, you know, I have written a lot of comics, I don't remember them all. I said to him, yes, I know, I've read most of the ones you've written, and I remember them all. <laughs> well, you know... Uh, yeah, some people. Yeah, what are you going to do? I've read more, you know, and not just Chris Claremont's, you know. I've read other writers' stuff, and I remember all their stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, but Nightcrawler, you know, as I was telling uh, Troy earlier, you know, I, I, I got to say, Chris Claremont, um, hey, Peter David was the one who, who had the stroke. What's your excuse? Oh. That's just me. The creme brulee was delicious. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, clear, I, I, I don't love it, but I love creme brulee. Yeah. Um, yeah. So other other shows, guys. Other shows. What do you? What, what else are you uh, watching? That uh, geek wise. Episode for this week uh, during our breakdown in our picks of the week show. We do a breakdown in picks of the week show. Catch us on YouTube.com/slash/flashbackcomics uh, for our weekly web series. Um, one of the things we talked about that uh, we're geeking on that I know I'm super geeking on. Constantine on NBC, upcoming a uh, uh, show that's going to be on there. I wasn't a big fan of the Keanu Reeves film, um, but seeing this uh, upcoming trailer for the new series has me just uh, ablaze, if you will. Uh-huh. Well, the, 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 the whole time, you know, with the with the Keanu Reeves one, I always, I, you know, I was really disappointed that they didn't hire um, James March's Spike from Buffy. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. to play the role. Because I thought, you know, th- you know, that would be the 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 perfect actor for that, yeah. and you know, still a tiny bit uh, disappointed that they didn't hire him for this until but this guy is awesome. Until I, I saw this, this guy is, but I don't know who he is either. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, but he seems to be very much in the in the Constantine vein, and uh, part has the swagger. Um, the British, he, he yeah. seems like I don't know if he is British, but yeah. perfect. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 really looking forward to it. It seems like, and, and the shocking thing to me was that they're they're translating this for NBC and yes. and, and and not having this be a uh, just cheesy or schlocky, right? It seems to be uh, as close to Constantine as a, um, a as a network show could possibly get. So I'm curious what time it's going to be on because it looks super damn scary. Oh yeah, it's got to be in the in the latest slot. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm psyched. And uh, keeping it on the DC level, um, we spoke on this uh, like a week ago, the upcoming Gotham um, show that's coming to Fox, I believe. 
Yeah, I'm really worried that uh, that Gotham is going to be terrible. Like like I like I said on your show, yeah. um, I I watched all ten seasons of Smallville, yeah. and and I don't think I can do that to myself again. Yeah. Uh, it seems like okay, with Smallville seasons one, two, and three, I was really big into it, but then I kind of fell off. I still have them because I'm a super slut yeah. like you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I haven't watched them yet. Much like why I haven't watched Arrow. I picked up, <laughs> I, I picked up the, se- the first season, and now I'm wanting to get back into it because everybody's so fanboy over it right now because they've introduced the Suicide Squad. We have Slade Wilson, aka, uh, oh no, uh, this is escaping me. Deathstroke the Terminator. Deathstroke the Terminator. Where so, I, I thought that that version of of Deathstroke was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't love that the the uh, Arrow version of Deathstroke. Oh, and I've been, you know, following stuff online, much like comics online. Apparently, there's going to be the daughter Ravager, is going to be appearing. I don't know if it, that would it follow this season, or if they were if what I was seeing was for season three next year. Um, Ravager is being played by. Uh, the, the, she was the female Terminator for the Fox webs, the Fox series. She was also on Serenity. I forgot her name. Summer Glau? Summer Glau is going to be Ravager. So, uh, listen to uh, Comics Online Podcast Season 9, Episode, I want to say 6-ish. Yes. Uh, it's, it's the, the, the title is uh, Mexican Comic Con, uh, where, I, where I talk about my, uh, my meeting, meeting Summer Glau in Mexico. Is she cool? She's cool. She's she's cool. Um, Classically trained ballet dancer, I think she was before she got into film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, she, it it really lends to fight scenes with her. Excellent. Um, but yeah, she's gonna be the Ravager apparently. So because hearing all the you know they have the Suicide Squad, they're introducing a lot more DC type people. I'm, I'm you know I'm wanting I'm wanting to get back into it. I've caught like episodes one through five of the original. Uh, season of Arrow, but yeah, there's just so much stuff. There, there is a lot to see. Um, going back to Gotham, um, you know, if there's one city from any kind of like universe that I think should definitely get more exploration, it would be Gotham City for me. And you know, if we're gonna just do it like a true crime story, and then okay, then there also happens to be like these super villain type of characters. I'm curious to see how they're gonna play that off because they even said in the previews pre-Batman, pre-Riddler, you know, and we're seeing, and they actually gave us some younger versions of these characters. Yeah, and you know what, and and I think that sort of story works great for a Smallville because you got Superboy. Now, in in Smallville, you know, they said, oh, no tights, no flights, we're not gonna make him Superboy, we're just gonna make, you know, we're gonna keep him Clark, you know, he's got powers because he always does, because he's, you know, Yellow Sun, all that stuff, but we're not gonna, get, you know, for some crazy reason, not gonna let him fly, fuckers. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah. And we're not going to put him That's in the costume. Yeah, and then we're not going to put him in the costume. Yeah. Which, you know, until the very last <laughs> episode. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but then there, you know, you explore just kind of, uh, you know, non-costumed stuff for the most part. You know, a few costumes pop in in later seasons, of course. Yeah. But here you've got Batman. Now, Batman doesn't begin... Until his parent, you know, it, it, in reality, because he's just supposed to have a little charmed life. He's just yeah. a little charm schoolboy having a good time with his parents. He's a little kid, yeah. and then they're killed, and then oh shit, I'm gonna go and become a badass, and he's gonna go and train around the world, yeah. and then when he comes back, 
you know, don the, the, the cape and cowl and become Batman. Yeah. Before that happens, when he is a kid, before his parents are killed, there's no fucking story. Move on. This is a stupid idea. Somebody needs to get kicked in the nuts. No, that's my final, uh, final decision. Kick in the nuts. Oh, you have all the story. If you were, are you a fan of the Batman? You said well, uh, now, now here, now here's the, the thing. Batman Arkham games, the whole Arkham's versus the Waynes, and all that build-up. Uh, they are the ones that found Gotham City. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. There's some good stuff there. You keep you keep Bruce out of it. You keep Bruce out of it. You mostly keep the Waynes out of it, um, and you t- and and you uh, have some old stuff go on. Uh, fine. Or really... How did Thomas Wayne create his fortune? You know, all that stuff. Honestly, don't care. Don't give a shit. You know, you, 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 know, you know what I would like to see, though? I would like to see a crime noir, uh, you know, like a, like a, a period piece, a Gotham story um, that rarely has Batman in it, where it's, where it's just, you know, Gotham Central type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd be way into that. You know, you get old-fashioned cars, and you get, and you, you get the occasional caped thing, but yeah. it's rare, and, you know, oftentimes it's just a quick flash. Um, I would watch that show, but this new Gotham show... Does not hold it for me. It, it, the, I think I'm, we're, we're on the same wing. That's what I'm looking for, and that's what I'm expecting. Wait, the, I'm not like expecting it. I'm not. So a, you're, you're not thinking that's what we're gonna get. No, because they've kind of mentioned that Riddler stuff. I no, I think it's gonna be small, uh, Smallville with Batman, and yeah. I just doesn't think. I, I don't. I don't. Right. I don't think it lends itself to that. Yeah. So I think we both want the same thing. Yeah. I'm thinking that they are gonna give it to us, but because of the now you, that you have me thinking about the trailer, yeah. it's gonna be a Smallville kind of because of that. Got, I'm hoping it is. <laughs> Another. Another quick uh, thing that I wanted to mention: Have uh, any of you guys uh, watched uh, Penny Dreadful? No. We've got two episodes out already. I tried to watch the second episode last night. Totally yeah. fell asleep on it, not because it was boring, but because I'd had a hugely long day. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it looks awesome. It like does. I like I I, I want to go and take it apart and wait. Say wait, who is this character again? Yeah. Because they they're not real clear when they first introduce a character. Like I didn't really realize that uh spoilers, uh Dr. Victor Frankenstein was Dr. Victor Frankenstein because they just call him Doctor. Oh, really? You know. Thank you. Um in the uh in the show there. And, and you know, and until later, and then uh, his mom. He seems to have some some uh, kind of uh, uh, amorous thing going on with his monster. I'm not sure. I mean, it's not like it, it's not like right up in in your face. But I'm like, you know, the way they're looking at each other. I'm like, oh, I think the the Doctor Frankenstein in this show has made himself a fuck doll. <laughs> Wow. Um, which, you know, that stands to reason. I mean, who wouldn't make it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> hey, I have to check that out. I'm curious about that. Megan is giving me an evil look right now. Why would you do that? What, Thank like, you, man. Why? Granted, this is a show I do want to watch. I have it. Um, I have it on my schedule with my. I have a TV remote app on my phone. And it looks interesting, but Frankenstein has a fuck doll. What the? Oh, what? Yeah, Frankenstein's monster, and I don't think that's what he was trying to do. But but once, but, yeah, but once, oh, it's alive! It's alive! Hey, it's alive! I think that's. Wait, so what's living? What? Oh, the, the Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. So he brings he, he he brings the monster to life, but then but then they look at each other and they've got you know, and it's not like a oh this is my child. It's a hello. <laughs> 
Well, I don't even think he he because because he was surprised when the when the monster spoke in this in the second episode. Uh, Doctor Frankenstein is like, oh, you can talk. This is weird. Like, oh, you know, I just thought I, that was a receptacle for my parts. I, that's maybe I'm introducing a little more subtext than is actually there. When I catch up on the show, we can. Oh yeah, we can we can discuss this. But it's good. It's got uh, you know Pierce Brosnan's in it. Um, lots of lots of good stuff. Um, so yeah, more on that and more on the usual stuff. Uh, you know, supernatural and and all of that will be coming in our next episode soon. And oh by the way, Friday we're gonna go see uh, Godzilla. Godzilla, and we will have a report on yeah. Godzilla. Uh, we should talk on that if we can get together on Saturday as well, and or even after we watch it. Yeah, man. So uh, I think that's it. You know, it's it's getting late. This is a this is a slightly shorter one than normal, but uh, hey, at least we're back. Yes. Thank you for having flashback crew on. Yeah. Troy David Phillips, Megan Lair, Mark Lutz. I'm Patrick Michael Strange. Giant so swag. for the four of them and for everything Giant geek pop culture, swag. I'm Kevin Goswan, and this. Is comics online. Swag. Yay! See ya. Back, man. We're back. Swag a thousand times. Swag a thousand times. Swag, 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 swag. Even giant or boobs. Swag a thousand times. Swag a thousand times. Swag a thousand times. Swag, 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 swag. Giant boobs. Swag. Disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this podcast may not represent those of Comics Online, any participants, or any employers past, present, or future. If you would have thought otherwise without hearing this disclaimer, maybe you're not ready for this whole internet thing, much less moving to DC. Or maybe you're instead one of our smart and sexy fans who appreciate foul language, comic talk on steak night, biting sarcasm, and everything geek pop culture. If you have comments or questions for the Comics Online podcasters, post on our Facebook page, tweet us on Twitter, or email us at podcast at comicsonline.com. Please visit Patrick, Troy, David, Mark, and Megan on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Flashback Comics. All original material in this podcast copyright Comics Online. Giant boobs, swag a thousand times over. Giant boobs, swag, swag, swag a thousand times over. From leaping to our builders to going off like gamma bombs. Switch your internet browser to comicsonline.com.